Hi there, and welcome to the Umpal.com podcast. I'm Oli, and for episode number 10, I'm very pleased to bring to you a chat with Jotham Tauzig, the UPCA U.S. National Pipe Smoking Champ, and the first American to also win number one overall in the most recent slow smoking contest held at the Chicagoland Pipe Show 2008. This podcast is sponsored by the United Pipe Clubs of America, the UPCA. The UPCA was organized in 2002 as a national federation of pipe clubs in the United States. Its purpose is to promote and protect the interests of American pipe smoking community by encouraging and assisting in the formation of local pipe clubs and actively supporting their activities, including pipe shows and pipe smoking competitions. Please visit the UPCA online at www.pipeclubs.org. UnitedPipeClubs.org. If you have a pipe club near you, please join that pipe club. If you don't, go ahead and start your own, and the UPCA can help you with that. Go ahead and go to their site at www.UnitedPipeClubs.org and see what they have to offer there. They do a whole lot for the pipe smoking community. There's a, a link there online where you can donate to the UPCA, and I highly encourage you to do this. This is a a really great thing that we've got here, and we need to support the United Pipe Clubs of America because they support us, the pipe smokers. So check them out today, and please donate to the UPCA. I had the pleasure of meeting Jotham at the 2008 Chicagoland Pipe Show, but I had to leave before the slow smoking competition. And that is exactly where he won his two titles, his two trophies that he, he brought home. Jotham and I were able to catch up uh, in late November 2008 to record the following podcast. Have a seat, grab a pipe, and stay a while. I hope you enjoy. First of all, this is a very exciting podcast. For the very first time in, in the lengthy, if not questionable, history of Oompal.com, we have with us today a fellow with a title that actually pertains to pipes. Um, let me welcome Jotham Towsey. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Tell us a little bit about the title that you now hold. The title that I currently hold is the UPCA, United Pipe Clubs of America, U.S. National Pipe Smoking Champion for 2008. I won it in the, in the Chicago Pipe Show this last year. And that's a slow smoking contest they had in Chicago. Correct. You actually walked away with two trophies, so tell us a little about, about that. Yeah, I walked away with two trophies. Uh, my winning time was an hour, 17 minutes, and 50 seconds. Uh, but I walked away with two trophies because for the first time, an American won not only the U.S. title, because that's the last American smoking, but also won the first place overall, which has never happened before in the six years of the contest. Uh, that's not quite true. I was talking with David Bull of UPCA that apparently it happened the first time, but that's because everybody agreed to knock out their pipes and to purposely go out the very first year. But this is the first time that an American has legitimately won um, both first place as well as the U.S. title. Tell me about the, the one that you referred to where everyone decided to knock out their pipes. What was, what was going on there? When this first came around, um, and, this was, and I learned this in the uh, Fort Wayne Pipe Show when I had a chance to talk with uh, Dave Bull from UPCA, but apparently what was going on is it was the uh, first time they had this competition, and there was sort of an agreement under the table, I guess. Uh, I wasn't there at the time, but uh, to have the American win, both, win first place as well. So what happened was is, uh, they all agreed at a certain time, I guess, everybody else to just simply put their pipes out uh, and, then let, let, and then let him win. Oh, so see. that's what happened with the first, uh, the first UPCA tournament, if all you right. will, smoking contest. So uh, was, was this one – now you've gone to another one 
another slow smoking pipe contest. Tell me about that one. Yes, I, I went to, uh, to actually two others. Uh, the very first smoking contest I ever went to was about 13 years ago at the Corpse Show, uh, where you smoked cube cut burly, and I sort of finished in the middle of the pack. Uh, and that particular blend got everybody quite sick. In fact, one guy, uh, one guy wound up, uh, he didn't quite make it to the bathroom before he wound up throwing up. Uh, two or three other people also threw up. Uh, and it was, it was probably the messiest pipe show that I've ever heard of. Wow. Uh, and I didn't do too well, and, and the blend was pretty foul, and I felt like I needed to shave my tongue at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, the last one I went to prior to my win was simply the year before, 2007, uh, in Chicago. Uh, and I didn't do all that well. I did well enough to get a pipe but I finished finished in the middle of the pack someplace. Now, when you went to Chicago this last time, I guess you were kind of uh, um, ready to – I mean, this wasn't something off the cuff. You were ready to go ahead and, and get into that contest, right? I was I was ready to get into the contest, and I, and I figured I could do better. I had no idea, nor did anybody else, that we would sort of be smoking outside in that tent area mm-hmm. because, of course, of the changes of the, of the laws in Illinois regarding smoking indoors – um, but I, I was determined to certainly do better and certainly to enter the contest. I certainly hadn't been practicing specifically to win anything, but I had I certainly had my mind on entering the contest and, and like everybody else does, to do the best you can. And in this case, I was lucky enough to, to take the prize. So what you're telling me is you, you didn't do any specific breathing exercises or packing exercises? or No packing, no breathing. I don't, I don't know how to chase the ember uh, like some of these Italian smokers do who get some phenomenal times, uh, I simply uh, relaxed and paid attention to, to what I was doing and was the last man standing at the end of it. Okay, tell us a little bit about the rules for a slow-smoking contest um, like this. Uh, the rules are, are fairly standard, and there are some small differences, but for the most part, uh, you everyone gets given a brand-new pipe, usually a straight billiard, uh, and you have uh, a, usually about two minutes or so to inspect, sometimes a little more, but to inspect the pipe, and if you're not happy with, you can trade it in. Uh, you get given a set tamper, and, as, and, a me- and everyone gets given the same blend and the same measured amount of tobacco. And you have about two minutes to load your pipe, and then you have two matches and about two minutes to light your pipe. And that's the only time you can use your matches. Uh, if you save one, for, you can't save one till later. You can use both. You can use just one. If a match breaks, you can request another one. But at the end of those two minutes of lighting your pipe, everybody sits back, and then you go ahead and smoke, and then people start going out with the last person being the overall winner. Did you use uh, both your matches? Yes, I used both my matches uh, and sort of got an even light all the way across. Uh, like I said, I don't I don't know how to and don't really chase the ember, which is a technique certainly that the Italians and a number of these other world record holders and so on do. Uh, for example, in uh, in the European Championships, the, a new world record was set at three hours and 30 minutes. And how they do that is they apparently light only one corner of the tobacco and then they use their tamper and roll the coal in a spiral, occasionally puffing, to absolutely burn everything. Wow. And I honestly don't know how to do that particular technique, but I uh, I was there because of my win. I was fortunate enough to go to the European Championships where I finished 118th out of 320 um, with a time of just over an hour. It wasn't quite as good as it was uh, uh, in Chicago. But uh, the overall winner uh, set a new world record at three hours and 33 minutes and I don't know how many seconds. Wow, that's that's impressive. Um, yeah. As you were going along and as people started dropping out, you know, did you, I mean, was everybody very serious, very concentrated, or was it pretty relaxed around there? 
some people were, were, were quite serious. I know, I know several people uh, take it very seriously. Uh, I know the gentleman who was, who was runner-up to me to the U.S. title had been practicing and so on. Other people like me are more casual about it. Uh, what started happening is when, people, when you hear the, uh, the chairs starting to scrape backwards, you know you've sort of passed uh, different uh, levels, I guess. I mean, I know that around half an hour, a number of people seem to go out all at once. Around 45 minutes, uh, a lot of people seem to go out all at once, and then pretty much an hour. And anything after that, uh, it tends to get fairly quiet, and then you know that there's, uh, there aren't a lot of people left. Did you uh, go into this with any kind of specific strategy? I know you said that you didn't, uh, you're not doing the chasing the ember like the Italians do, but was there any kind of specific strategy that you took into uh, this particular competition? Not, not really. Uh, and, and I know that this was frustrating to one particular gentleman who after the contest, I was riding with him in the elevator and he really wanted to know my strategy and my technique. Uh, and I didn't, and I couldn't really answer him. And I, it's not that I didn't want to, but, uh, my, my technique was fairly straightforward. Uh, and that was to pay attention and to relax and to frankly think about my daughter, who's now 14 months old. She was uh, younger then. And I just thought about her and that seemed to seem to do the trick. Excellent. I guess the only bit of strategy I used at the time is just to pay attention to where the heat was in the bowl and if the, if the pipe was still lit, but uh, you know not to freight train it and puff really hard and 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 to sit down and enjoy my pipe. Now let's talk about some other things as as far as smoking pipe smoking in general. When did you start uh, smoking a pipe and how did you get into it? I started smoking a pipe in college when I was 20 years old. Uh, and I got into it because I frankly thought it would be a, a fun thing to do. My dad had smoked a pipe off and on for for early on, but he had certainly stopped smoking everything by the time, way before I was born, in fact. Uh, and I didn't really have any mentors or anybody that I admired and was trying to imitate them. I just I just went to a, to a, a used uh, clothing place and found a, a, a Rotermund, which is a Dutch make, which is still probably the wettest pipe I've ever smoked. Uh, and I and I like most people, I got store bought blends and so on, and and it was a, a, a pretty awful and, and experience as far as my tongue was concerned. Uh, <laughs> but I stuck with it for a while and and went to a, and discovered these things called pipe shows, and then had a chance to to start going to those. And this was probably in the early 90s. And uh, I was uh, a friend of mine would join me, and together I think we were far and away the youngest people in the room. What are some of your favorite pipes and some of your favorite tobaccos today? It's sort of all over the map. I'm not. I'm not a specific uh, uh, brand collector or or stamp collector. Uh, one gentleman I know was sort of mentioned stamp collecting, and that is if it's a, if it's an ugly pipe or a pipe I don't care for, and it may have a you know maybe a Bow Nord or a Conowitz or or whatever it happens to be. If I don't like the pipe, it I I could care less as to who made it. Uh, as far as my own personal collection, I started out and it's gone through phases. I started out chasing Costellos and Ashton's because at the time when I started going to pipe shows, uh, those were very difficult to find. Uh, and those were pretty much the only artisan, certainly Ashton pipes were the only artisan uh, made pipes that were really available, unlike today. Uh, and then I discovered, um, and then I collected Costellos as I said, and then I discovered uh, Ferndowns, which are, which are um, fairly large in, in general and, and collected those for a little bit. And along the way I picked up other things. I have one or two Dunhills and a couple of Sassini's uh, I have a few Sheratons and so on. Uh, if I had to pick a direction of where I've gone recently is I've started to get into some of the Danish makers like everybody else seems to at the moment, but then also into some of the American carvers. So I have a, a, a Ruthenberg or two, uh, and I have a couple. I also have a couple of, of lesser-known makers. In fact, I have a pipe from a member of the Pipe Club who just started making, 
and I figured he needed support and so on, and I picked up one of his pipes at one of the one of the pipe club meetings, and, and it's actually pretty good. Uh, so there's nothing, there's no specific shape or or specific make that I chase. Mm-hmm. If it's a pipe that uh, that I happen to like, then I'll see what I can do about getting it. But of course, if it's beyond my price range, like most people, I'll let it go. So uh, you mentioned fern downs and them and them being a little bit larger. Do you uh, usually go for larger pipes? Typically, I had in the past, but now because I'm a I'm a, a dad, I don't have the time to sit around for an hour on the porch or an hour and a half or longer to to enjoy a pipe. So I've started to sort of get to smaller pipes. Uh, fern downs in general tend to run large. In fact, I have a four-star bark, which is huge. It's almost the size of a softball, but it doesn't hold uh, a ton of tobacco. So that's certainly one of the bigger pipes that I can enjoy. Uh, but recently, in fact, uh, through uh, the, the wonder of, of eBay, I wound up picking up a very small Sugi Blowfish nose warmer, which, in fact, when it arrived was smaller. I guess I must not have read the dimensions right. I mean, I'm certainly happy with the pipe, but it's uh, smaller than I expected it to be. And I guess when I light it up, I'm going to have to be careful not to set my nose on fire, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. Why don't you send me a photo of that? I'd like to see what that looks like. Absolutely. I also have a, I think I have a Kai Nielsen nose warmer as well. But uh, when they say nose warmer, they don't kid around. Yeah. Tell me, is there a shape that you're more fond of than others? Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say uh, I'd probably start out by saying straight pipes, and now probably sort of billiards, and then also Dublin's. Uh, the reason is is that I'm a, a, a journalist and a writer, and although I started out like most people with more bents, I now have many more straights uh, because when you're typing at the uh, at the keyboard or whatever else. Having a bent pipe is very difficult because the smoke goes in your eyes and it makes it impossible to see anything. So I so mostly straight pipes. In fact, I one of the other members of my of my pipe club uh, here in uh, here in Michigan uh, was amazed when I showed up at one meeting with a bent pipe because he figured I didn't even own one. Yeah. So I was I sort of went home after that and took a look at things and said, Wow, everything I have is straight. And I'm also starting to get into uh, not so many sitters, but more more light pipe lightweight pipes that I can clench for a time. For the same reason, so I have both hands free. Tell me about the uh, tobaccos you've been enjoying lately. Uh, the tobaccos I've been enjoying lately are all over the map. Uh, I, I actually sort of stayed away from any kind of vintage tobaccos because I didn't want to fall in love with something that I couldn't find anywhere or would have to pay $150 a tin for. Yeah. Um, but as far as the current, probably my favorite overall tobacco for a number of years has been a blend called Pickwick which comes from the Connoisseur Pipe Shop in New York, where uh, I was originally in, in New York for some time. He has a number, and it's Ed Burak's shop. He has a number of other good blends. I know his most popular is in Virginia. Uh, my second favorite blend from his shop is something called Turkish Black, which has a lot of Turkish and Latakia in it. But the Pickwick blend is probably my one uh, go-to blend that I always have in, uh, in a humidor ready to go. Uh, but as far as other blends, there are a couple of the Hermit blends that I like. Um, I've just started, I'm halfway through a tin of Spillman's Mixture from Ewan Reese, uh, which I kind of like, although I don't know if I'll get another tin of that. And friends of mine have given me some vintage tobaccos, and, and I really do like them, but uh, I sort of enjoy them as a one-off thing, and occasionally because I know that I probably will not be able to afford uh, where some of the prices have gone. But I tend to pretty much stick towards Englishes. Some, some Virginias, I have some tobaccos that I bought years ago that I've threw in a, a box for and, and now are quite nice because they're 14 plus years old but uh, there's not a particular single blend that I smoke to the exclusion of all else by the same token I'm not concerned with keeping pipes specific to blends 
I don't have a particular pipe that is dedicated to Virginia's or a particular pipe that's dedicated to a Perique blend or anything like of the sort. Mm -hmm. I grab the pipe I want to smoke, put the tobacco I want to smoke in it, and go at it. Right, right. By the way, I'd like to mention the way that you and I actually met was before the pipe show in Chicago in 2008. Jotham actually sent me an email when I first started up um, umpal.com. And we talked back and forth about the the name of the site. And, you know, I just want to say uh, thank you very much for being involved so early on with the site. It was really cool that you reached out to me and, and you know, talked about the name and, and things like that. And, and uh, I, I, I just wanted to say thanks for that and how cool that was. No, no, I, I appreciate what you're doing, and, and I think it's terribly important. And I was happy to, to help and, and, and will continue to do so in any way I can. Uh, it's, I think one of the things that, that sort of gets pushed into the back burner in this hobby of pipes and pipe smoking and everything else is that, it, you know, everyone goes to pipe shows. I know I certainly did initially, uh, with the notion of, well, what pipes am I going to get? And then it became, you know, what pipes and what tobacco am I going to get? Maybe I'll win something, a door prize, or in my case, I was lucky enough to win a title or whatever else. But increasingly, as I go to some of these shows and talk to some of the people and, and interact with, with people online and, and, and read some of the stories and listen to some of the other podcasts you've done, it's becoming more and more apparent to me that the pipes and tobacco are great, but it's about the people. You know, I'm starting to think now who owned the pipes. I have, I have one pipe, which, which is a small meerschaum, which goes back to the 1890s. Mm-hmm. You know, the stories and the families that that pipe must have been exposed to. And, I mean, who who knows where that's gone? And it's and more and more in my club meetings and everything else, uh, I'm realizing that it really is about the people who are so different. But all of us enjoy a pipe and enjoy our hobby of whatever it may be and whatever level we collect at or whatever shape we collect. Mm-hmm. And that's really what brings us together. And that's becoming sort of the more special end of things for me. And as a result, I think what you're doing with the website is a very valuable thing. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, Absolutely. The, the camaraderie is is really uh, very apparent and and very real and just amazing. I was I was really blown away by all the support at the uh, Chicago show this past year and all the emails that I get on a regular basis, especially when it's been a couple weeks or in, or in my case lately where I've been so incredibly busy with work a couple months between podcasts and and I'll have people emailing me, "Hey, what's going on with the podcast? When's your next podcast going out, coming out?" So, you know, that's really yeah, awesome. People people are hungry for this kind of thing. I mean, I know it was a great loss to us when Tom Dunn died and the Pipe Smokers Ephemeris uh, yeah. uh, ceased to be published, but a lot of other avenues and and podcasting and so on and, and see uh, NASPC newsletter and have have taken up the slack in some regard. Mm-hmm. But uh, because these publications are all somewhat irregular, I think we're all we're all thirsty to hear, you know, more about people and and more about pipes. Absolutely. I know one of the things that has sort of blown me away is how is how generous a lot of pipe people tend to be. I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard of people who not only give away rare and expensive tobaccos to friends or whatever else, but they give away pipes to people they've never seen before. Yeah. And certainly when I started out 20-plus uh, years ago, uh, that was may, maybe I wasn't hooked up with the right people, but that was sort of less, less the case uh, than it seems to be now. Let's switch gears for just a second. Tell us a little bit about the UPCA. Well, one of the things uh, which I think is a valuable group is uh, is the UPCA itself. It's sort of an umbrella group which is uh, which is trying to encourage uh, pipe smoking, certainly here in the U.S. It doesn't cost much uh, to join, and they're also responsible for not only putting on the contest in Chicago, but also of then bankrolling and sending the champion to wherever the European Championships uh, will be that year. I believe this coming year it's going to be in Hungary. 
Um, so that sort of is exciting for whoever happens to uh, to win that particular thing. But uh, certainly in this day and age, with uh, constantly shrinking areas to smoke, and some some have suggested, well, we're under attack, and certainly we all know what happened in Chicago as far as the smoking ban goes. Uh, any any groups that we can join, which try to you know keep our hobby safe, but also uh, hopefully increase the the edges and places we can smoke and that kind of thing, I think is a good thing. The other thing I would tell people, and, and certainly I've enjoyed it no end, is is see if you can't find a local smoking club in your area. It's great to sit down with people who are you know nearby once a month or whenever you can meet and and share stories and enjoy pipes and try different tobaccos. And if there isn't one in your area start one. The hardest thing is probably going to be finding a place to all sit down and smoke. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would I would definitely recommend that we continue to do local clubs and, and continue to, to increase them if we can. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. Tell me about the European Championship you were able to attend. Part of winning the, uh, the U.S. national title in Chicago is the champion gets to go, courtesy of UPCA, uh, gets to go to the European Championships. Uh, in this case, they were in Germany on October 5th. Uh, it meant that I couldn't go to the Corp show in Richmond, Virginia, but uh, if given a choice, I figured why not go to the European Championships? Yeah. So I did. Um, you don't have to be a winner to go. That's something else I wanted to mention. There were there were five of us, and if you want to go to the championships, you can go. You don't have to be the title winner to do that. And uh, it was a very different experience because in Europe, the model of how they do pipe shows uh, in general is, is very different, and how they do pipe competitions is very different. In Chicago, you have 300 tables, and there were only about 79 competitors in the pipe smoking competition. In Germany, there were probably only about, oh, 40 or 50 tables, maybe, and 320 competitors no uh, for the European championships. Wow. Uh, in Europe, the, the focus is very much more on the competition. Uh, the pipe show uh, had some wonderful stuff, almost all new pipes. Very few people had any interest or, or had any estates whatsoever. Uh, and, of course, I went way over budget in, in the, th- the three pipes that I bought, but uh, I figured I wouldn't have a chance to do this again. Right. And according to Vernon Vig, who's the president of the UPCA, this was the best pipe show that they had. Now, on Sunday, of course, they opened up the gym to the competition itself, and, and that's when you really had a sense of how, when I really had a sense of how big this really is. Uh, media is there to do some interviews, although there, weren't any, there wasn't anybody, as far as I know, from television this time around. Uh, and I also know at this particular competition, they were also deciding the German national championship in addition to whoever was going to be the European champion. And they had people from all over. So Slovakia, Portugal was there, uh, Russia was there, Poland, Denmark, Italy, uh, all through Europe and also Eastern Europe. Uh, and uh, the one thing which was different, I know, this year from what I understood, is uh, they didn't allow teams for the first time to sit together. Everybody had an assigned table, but I didn't sit with any of the other Americans, and they didn't sit with me. Everybody sat at assigned tables, and it made it a much more international experience. Interesting. I know at my table of eight, uh, I was there was somebody from the Netherlands, uh, two people from Spain, somebody from Denmark, somebody from Portugal, wow. and uh, somebody from, from Germany. How cool. And I don't think we had a single language in common, other right. than the proctor who would say <laughs> everything in three different languages. But we were all sitting there with one goal in mind, and that was to smoke a pipe and do the best we could. Right. So it was a very a very unifying experience, sort of a UN of pipes, if you will, a very right. unifying experience and a, and a very different one from, uh, from uh, the American experience. Are their rules basically the same, how they dole out... 
the rules are basically the same. Uh, the rule also when you're smoking is, is, is the same. You can't use uh, any pipe cleaners while you smoke. And if you do tamp the ashes, if you use the tamper, which is provided in both cases, you have to tamp with the pipe in your mouth. Uh, one of the things I would suggest for anybody, whether they're doing a local contest or anything bigger and more serious, is just to find a way, whether it's online or calling up or whatever, to find the different rules because some rules are very different. Um, I know, for example, the rule for the smoking contest for the Fort Wayne show, which was happening after the show was over, was to bring your own pipe of whatever it was and to see who lasted the longest. Mm -hmm. that's, a little, that's a little less common. Typically, you get issued a pipe for the, whatever the entry fee is, mm -hmm. and that pipe you get to keep. So even if you come in last, you're guaranteed usually for the 35 or 40 bucks or whatever it costs to get a pretty decent pipe for that. So I would recommend to anybody who smokes to get with competition in the world because it's kind of fun. Very cool. And so you came in uh, 118th. How did the other Americans that you went with, how did they do? They went out earlier than I did. Um, in fact, I was the last American standing at an hour and 30 seconds because I stopped using my technique for whatever reason. I stopped thinking about my daughter and started thinking about backpacking and camping and other things. And wouldn't you know it, right then my pipe goes out. <laughs> Well, now you know, oh, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I gotta, I gotta keep thinking of her, of her smile and her little, her little round chubby cheeks, and and hopefully that'll, uh, that'll, that'll get me back on the horse as far as my times are concerned. But um, typically, the Americans don't do really well as a team because they, as a the team competition, they take the three longest of three longest times of of every team, and then compare those, add those together, and see who wins. Mm -hmm. uh, the team competition, we uh, beat two other teams. I believe it was the Slovakians and the Russians. So we came in near the bottom. Uh, all of these standings, by the way, are available on the website. But uh, because of how well it was organized and how well it was run, I actually have a certificate for both the team competition and also my 118th place finish out of 320. Wow. Um, even though the even though the world record was set at this particular competition of three hours and thirty three minutes uh, by an Italian, his team did not win. The team competition was won by the Danes. Gotcha. Sounds like quite a time that you had there. It was. The only other big difference, I guess, between between the pipe shows of, of Europe and here is certainly in Germany, all of the pipe shows are run by a dealer. Uh, in other words, you show up, you have your table. If I buy a pipe from you, uh, I then take a slip pay the dealer who's running the show, go back with my slip, and then get my pipe. And that's very different from how from the American model where everybody, you deal with that person directly. Mm -hmm. And it's just a different way how they set it up because the dealers, I guess, all have their territories and they're responsible for finding the venues and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but they tend not to run shows on a club format uh, the way that uh, we tend to run shows. We're a club, whether it's the Chicago club or whether it's the corpse people in, in Virginia, they tend to, to put on the show and worry about all the details. Do you know what the uh, the next competition for you will be? I don't really know. Uh, I don't know what, what pipe show I will go to next. I probably will try. I went to the Fort Wayne one, and but I was unable to stay for their competition. My next competition, um, certainly I will be in Chicago to try to defend my title. Right. Um, but uh, but as far as my next competition before that, I don't know that there is one. I know that I will probably wind up going to the St. Louis Pipe Show, but uh, if memory serves, that's in February. But if memory serves, I don't believe that they have a, a competition there, and I don't know of a competition here locally that I would go to, or if there is one, in fact. So, uh, do me a favor, send me a photo of you with the trophy, and you said you also got a pipe out of it. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, one of the things that, that happens in, in Chicago, which is, which is kind of a fun thing, is if you smoke long enough, uh, because of the, no the great number of prizes that the wonderful people at the Chicago Pipe 
Pipe Club are able to pull together. You don't have to finish too terribly high to get something extra, whether it's a tin of tobacco or anything else. Now, how they do this is the one who wins, and this last year it was me, is I get first choice of all of the prizes, and then down, and then on they go through through the very end of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, uh, I was I chose a small Hessian pipe, uh, which I really like, the small little sandblast. I think it's his bent uh, apple shape, uh, because I really like the pipe. I mean, there were more expensive pipes there that I probably could have chosen and then traded away or sold to a store and gotten something else, but I decided. I wanted a pipe that I would like and I would smoke for years to come mm-hmm. because this would be the pipe that I know that I won along with my title right. uh, at the 2008 Chicago show. Yeah. So that was is... sort of my, my orientation. But I know that several people who finished you know, 15th and 20th were able to get pipes or tins or whatever was offered this time around. Mm-hmm. So you know, not bad for the, for the $35 or whatever the entrance fee is if you happen to last long enough. The big prize, of course, as the champion this year uh, the pipes and, and notwithstanding was was to be able to go to the European Championships in Germany. That is really cool. The the, the pipe that that you actually smoked with you actually you actually get that too as well, right? Yes, you do. The one that I that I won with in Chicago, which I have not smoked since, is a Wadowiec. I think I'm pronouncing that properly, which is a Polish make. And uh, the pipe that they had in uh, Versalin in Germany was a silver banded. Uh, I think it was an Aldo Moretti. Mm-hmm. Uh, all competition pipes tend to be a similar. They may be a slightly different shape, but they tend all to be straight pipes, and either they're uh, apple or billiard styles, mm-hmm. uh, and that's typically typically what competition pipes are. Tell me about tobacco where competition is concerned. For competitions, when I went to my first competition 13 years ago, um, the competition tobacco was white cube cut burley. And as I mentioned before, it wound up making everybody uh, sick and ill. And I remember one guy who was helping to host stood in front of everybody and talked about looking over a sea of green faces. Uh, and I don't think I've ever smoked anything that has made my stomach quite as queasy. Yeah. Uh, and I know that several people got ill. Now, I, now for, for the Chicago competitions, uh, they're actually now using blends. Uh, I know that they had to use one for 2008 this year, an uh, Altidus. Uh, blend because they were one of the sponsors. I know the year before they did something with uh, um, Paul Bonacisti's Pipe Shop had a particular blend that they used, which was actually fairly tasty. The difficulty with the blend in Germany, aside from the fact that it was an aromatic, which I personally don't care for, but the cut of tobacco was all over the place. This one blend, which was Thomas Radford's Sunday Fantasy, uh, had both ribbon and rough cut and chunky bits in it. And one of the things uh, for, for any competition, but also when you're just enjoying a pipe, is you want something, no matter what it is, to be fairly evenly cut because it's easier to keep lit. Mm-hmm. Whatever the cut is, as long as it matches, if it's all cube, if it's all ribbon, if it's all rough cut, that's fine. The problem with a, with a competition tobacco in Germany is it was all three of them mixed together. So a number of people, including myself, were frantically trying to get everything when we were loading our pipes down to the same size, at least. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to think it helped, but apparently it may not have because I only came in 118 instead of 320. Right. But uh, that's but it's good, certainly though. something. It's not bad. It's certainly in the top half. It's certainly not bad for my first European Championships. Yeah. I don't know how it stacks up against other uh, uh, other attempts by other Americans. I haven't had a chance to to find out any of that. But uh, I know that uh, as long as whatever cut you're using, even if you practice or whatever you're doing, you want it, you want it all to be the same. Uh, it'll make your life a whole lot easier. Thank you so much, Jotham, for your time today.
Absolutely. Thank you for interviewing me. It's been a pleasure, and it's a great thing that you're doing with this website. Keep the stories alive. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it, and we'll be talking again soon. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Okay. Bye-bye. There you heard it. A few tips and some interesting slow smoking competition chatting from current national UPCA slow smoking champ, Jotham Tausig. And if you think you're not interested in partaking in a slow smoking competition because you may not be very good at it, let me tell you a story about myself. I was a part of a slow smoking competition at the Atlanta Pipe Club some years back, and I was a little bit afraid of that very thing. Well, what if I go out first? Well, after the first two minutes where you're able to light and, and tamp, I went out at about two minutes and 20 seconds. I was the first person out. Folks, it doesn't really get any worse than that. So I've done it. Now you can rest easy and enter those slow smoking competitions with a lot more attitude and a lot more confidence. You can enter them with ease, knowing you're not going to do any worse than I did. So please find a pipe club if you're not part of one already. If you are part of one and you haven't had a slow smoking competition in a while, find out why. Go ahead and get one started and have some fun. Are you a past or present slow smoking champ? If so, I want to hear from you. Call the listener line at 678-459-2889 and leave me a message. Are you one of these folks with a slow smoking technique? I want to hear all about it. Give me a call at the listener line. Again, 678-459-2889. Did you fail miserably like I did? I want to hear that too. Give me a call. Folks, there can't be winners without some losers, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to be your loser, so that you can win. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for you. Isn't that nice? This podcast was brought to you by the UPCA, the United Pipe Clubs of America, which can be found online at www.unitedpipeclubs.org. Bringing American pipe smokers together since 2002. Go to their site and see all the ways they can help us pipe smokers. And while you're there, contribute to the cause. I'm Oli for oompal.com. Wishing you luck as you work on your slow smoking technique and gear up for your next slow smoking competition, wherever that may be.